when did you begin journaling and um, why did you begin journaling and um, what points did you get to and you are like you wanted to make your journal public i can't think about doing that i can't imagine myself making i've been keeping a diary for many years now and i can't imagine myself bringing it out to the public diaries are meant to be private so what came over you to be what did you eat one single night <laughs> and then <laughs> you decided to make your journal public talk to me about that we have my plenty while do i need to eat something <laughs> In case you are yet to figure out, on this week's episode of the podcast, I spoke to my friend who is crazy enough to share a diary with the public. Her name is Toby. She's the host of My Name is Toby. You feel the rhyme? But before we even got to that discussion, we spoke about so many things. For example, we talked about how she has been able to deal with being left-handed. Remember one time, I it was Okada I entered you know and then coming down from the Okada I want to give this man his money such amazing left hand that I will not collect it <laughs> I'm like this man collect your money saying I must change it to my right hand I'm like you're not ready it's like maybe you have too much money you don't want to make money ladies and gentlemen without further ado let's get into discussion already but one more thing if you like my discussion with Toby don't forget to check the description to the link to our podcast I will drop it there Show us some love. Now I can say without further ado, let's get into it. Hey guys, how are you today? It's another beautiful episode of My Name is Toby. Only that today, that episode or the title of the podcast will change a bit. So it's going to be Our Name is Toby because for the first time in the history of this podcast, I am the host and Toby is the guest. Yes, she's seated on the hot seat right now. I hope you are ready for this. Hey, Toby, how are you today? I'm fine. I'm just laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm fine. Fine and full of laughter. That's it. Right. Let's start this way. I, I want to start with mm. your name. I don't know if you know this, but in Yoruba, mm -hmm. um, Toby means, I think, to be big or to be great. What's your full name and how did you yeah. come about using Toby um, as a form of, of, is it Monica or what? Um, yeah, about that, I know the Yoruba thing because, I mean, my name is already Toby. So anybody you meet, they're like, oh, I'm a Yoruba or oh. So like because of that, that people always think I'm Yoruba. I just had to know the meaning of Toby in Yoruba. Actually, my Igbo name is Tobechuku. Tobechuku means... Okay, before I say what Tobechuku means, I'm very particular about my name. So Tobechuku in Igbo means keep praising God. That's what it means. Some people might just think of it off of your head and be like, Tobechuku means praise God. I'm like, eh, not exactly. You know, that's why I say I'm very particular about the meanings of my name. Uh, Tochuku, you would hear Tochuku everywhere. Tochuku is actually praise God. But Tobechuku, that bay there is like a continuous process. It means keep praising God, like keep doing it. Maybe if you're Tochuku, you can just praise God once and forget it. I don't know. <laughs> but for Tobechuku, it means keep praising God. So it's like a continuous process. It's something you never stop doing. A typical Tobechuku would be called Tobe to shorten it, you know. Um, but 
right from when I was small, my mom insisted that my name would not be shortened to the regular Toby, that it would be Toby. And the Toby would be spelled T-O-B-Y. I don't know why she did that. I actually thought um, maybe she just wants this thing where, oh, her child, you know, like just be a regular name. She wants something different and all that. I love to think so that that was what she was thinking when she decided, okay, T-O-B-Y. So I just grew up like that, you know, people around calling me Toby because my mom insisted my name would be Toby. And though officially, maybe in school, I would write the phone name Toby Chukuba around. I was just Toby like that. Growing up, I noticed Toby was a name of its own. It was actually a name. So I just had to adopt it. <laughs> so right now, Toby is both the short form for Toby Chuku and an English name for me. So yeah, that's it. Now let's talk about growing up. How was growing up for you? Um, if we go like, say, 20 years backward and we want to kind of um, see Toby as a very little girl, growing up to become a teenager how was that process like talk to me about your background and the kind of family you come from i mean growing up uh, you said going back 20 years ago i mean um if we go back 20 years in time i'll be like two to three years i don't know i cannot remember anything that happened around then my earliest memory of myself was i think when i was around four five because i'm older than my brother with five years so um it's around that period that's just the only thing i remember when my brother was born and all that when my mom was pregnant so i don't remember anything earlier than that so that's about that growing up was quite it was it was quite it was just there really it was just there i did not know what was happening in the world i just know i was existing and for some reasons i mean this family where i don't know i just stayed there um i have an elder sister my brother is about to be born i have to go to school every day um school doesn't seem so bad so so my teachers were i i mean they would always beat me because i'm left-handed so they would change me to my right hand i could not write with it i'll go back to left hand they would be leaving daylight out on me my letters nothing would happen they would still, still keep beating me and until one day i think she came to the school herself and threatened everybody threatened the owner of the school that she's going to shut down the school blah blah <laughs> it was so funny i know she cannot do anything i mean but then the 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 audacity she was using to talk you even they were afraid the owner of the school that like, please leave her alone if she short to use her leg right leave her i beg my school is important to me <laughs> So that kind of thing. So I think that's the only thing, significant thing that like happened. I know I had like this whole thing with being left-handed. And then my brother was born. So I said, I, I, life was just that thing that was happening, nothing extra. But my brother was that extra thing that, would I say, came into our lives. He, when he was born, I think everything changed. He was this lively child. He would always make jokes. He would make people laugh, you know. He would, everybody, then he became the new last born. He was our only son. Still is the only son, Sha. So people, um, people would always want to gravitate towards him. He would, like, make us laugh in our family. I don't think, like, anything made us laugh before my brother was born. So it was just this breath of fresh air. You know, people would be like, and he's very light-skinned. All of us in our house were dark. My brother is light-skinned. So there was just something special about him, and it also made us, like, um, feel something extra in our family at the point. 
I, I entered secondary school at the age of school and it was a boarding school. Those that go to command that stop us so that she'll do it or her, then she'll be, I was the best child then. I don't to give her So why? I don't know. If it's something I did, I mean, tell me I did this thing. I would say sorry. <laughs> you know, but anyway, it was, it was just my mom's way. She was being who she was. She was like, oh, she likes command. She loves uh, that the discipline and all that, you know, and then the soldiers, um, it would be easier for her to send us to a military school. Knowing that yes, soldiers are all about discipline, and if they if if they are flogging us, you know yes, she sent us to a place where they are going to flog us herself, than sending us to a, a missionary school because that was where most of our friends went to missionary schools because she she thought oh, um she she thought church people are not always loving people that at their core all these church people the missionaries that at their core they have this wickedness in them so it would it would not make sense to her that she takes you to a missionary school where like you think oh because they have something to do with christianity they preach love and all that but then they tend to maltreat your child that she cannot understand it so let her not even do it it makes sense if like it's a soldier that is maltreating her child and she would understand it well all right, so I think the before I ask about your family um, in terms of your parents, I would like to know, you mentioned something interesting, which is um, that when you were growing up, some teachers were kind of heckling you because you were, you were using left hand. And so I'm kind of curious. Yeah, as you grew, right, so as you grew up and went to secondary school, went to the university, were there moments where you felt um, or someone challenging you or surprised or just some weird moment because you were left-handed or probably you went to the market? Had there been any issues with your left hand that you feel like, oh, people really do not understand what this left hand is in this kind of climate society? It's, it's still there. It's always there. And um, yeah. I, one time, I, we're, we're still small then, went to, okay, were we small? I think I was already in secondary school, but maybe junior secondary. So I think around 12, 13, I cannot remember right now. So we went to Lagos for holidays and my mom was really excited about this Aswani market that, oh, it's a Tuesday market. It opens only on Tuesdays or something. So it was a Tuesday. She was like, oh, let's go and check out the place. So we go to the market and she's like, you, everybody just look around. She was checking out one side of the market. Me and my sister went to this part where they sell clothes and stuff and we're checking out some clothes. So the thing is, my mom, my mom said she refused to give us money. She was like, you, we're not buying anything. We just came to look around. <laughs> so just enter a shop, just if just whatever, maybe anything. After looking at it, you leave. You don't necessarily have to buy stuff. So like we're doing that. So this particular clo clothing shop, we entered there. I was just looking at the clothing, the Ankara, the materials and stuff. When we we're done, and I think I was doing most of the holding and touching with my left hand, I guess. I don't know. So the woman, when we we're not living, she was like, what do we mean? That we just came here to look at our things and not buying anything. We're like, um, that we're coming back. We're not really buying now. She was like, next time, if we know that we're not going to, to buy things from our shop, that me especially, I stopped touching her clothes with my left hand. I'm like, yo. So she was not as pained that maybe she did not make money. She was not pain. Maybe pain now, but it's not pain now as much as, oh, it is left hand they used to touch your your clothes or whatever it is you're selling. So you have something against the left hand for some reasons. You know, um, and it keeps happening. I remember one time 
I it was Oka that I entered, you know. And then coming down from the Okada, I want to give this man his money. Such amazing left hand that I will not collect it. <laughs> I'm like, this man, collect your money. Say, no, I must change it to my right hand. I'm like, you're not ready. It's like, maybe you have too much money. You don't want to make money. Collect it. He says, not taking. Ha. So what will me and this man do now? And I was not, I was not having it. I was not ready to be nice. I'm usually not nice, you know, when it comes to these issues of being left-handed because I think why I'm usually not nice is because when I was still in primary school and I was helpless, my mom would always come to fight. So she would either come and maybe quarrel with the teachers or come and threaten the perpetrator or something like that. So she was always there to be defensive, to attack, you know, to not be nice about like fighting for me. So when I was able to handle myself, I started fighting too. Like I would not be, I would not come down to tell you, oh, this, no, I would, I would fight you. I would say things to you that are not nice and I would do things too. So the bike man, I was where they exchanging words and I threw his money on the ground. I'm like, pick your money if you like. So you don't want to take it from my hand, then take it from the ground, you know, something like that. So that happened and it's, it's, it doesn't make sense to me what the problem with being left-handed is. You know, I've tried to ask people questions. Okay, come, let's talk. What is it? What is the left hand? You know, they'll say something like, oh, that eh, it's not good. Okay, fine. I, but give me something to work with. Give me a reason. Why is it not good? Nobody says anything. Or they'll say, oh, it's not, it's against the culture or tradition. Something like that. Okay, fine. It is against our culture as Nigerians, as anybody we are. Okay, but why? What is it? Like, what did the culture say is the problem with it? Nobody says anything. They say, eh, nothing, that's just the way it is. And I'm like, no, that's not good enough for me. So if there's no concrete reason apart from that's just the way it is, then I do not send you people, really. And um, my mom would start doing these things where even right from when I, primary school, when I was in primary school, when I received those treatments from my teachers, she would start telling me about, she would now like trying, she would not try to reverse the case and start giving me examples of great people that are left-handed. She would say, oh, Barack Obama is left-handed, Oprah Winfrey is left-handed, things like that, that, you know, you being left-handed means you're special. You're going to be as, as, um, maybe great or whatever as these people, you know, see what they've achieved. So maybe you're going to achieve something great too. And, I appreciated the fact that she wanted to make me feel good and stuff, but I, I didn't want to be special, really. I just wanted to be normal. Like, I don't, I, I, even till now, I don't think being left-handed makes you special. When people, when people do not go antagonistic about being the whole being left-handed thing, they're not be like, oh, you're using left hand. Maybe you must write fast. You must like have very beautiful handwriting. I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. Anybody can have good handwriting whether they are left-handed or right, I, it doesn't mean anything special. You know, I do not want to be, I just want to be normal. You know, they say, oh, how to teach me how to write to the left? I say, I don't know. The way you're using your right hand, that's where I'm using my left. There's nothing extra about it. It is just okay. Uh, it is, it's, it just, I just want it to be normal, stuff like that. The, I think the most recent, is it the most recent one? But I think the one I remember was, it was during NYSC. So it was, I was in church and it was time for offering. And um, I go and give, offering like a normal human being as i was going back to my seat one man calls me back he's like why did i use my left hand and give the offering i'm like god why so um after after the church service so that it was it was like i should go to my seat first so after the church service 
um he now comes did i go to him or he went to me i don't know but we now started talking again he was not telling me why did i do that i'm like oh, okay fine i'm left-handed but even if i was not left-handed what does it matter i was like no that um that first of all who allowed me to be left-handed that didn't they change me to my right hand when i was small that being left-handed means you're evil that the bible says god said um those that what did he even say the sheep will be at his right hand the goat will be at his left hand and the left hand is the evil hand if you're left i'm like you know what i'm not doing this thing again you know um some people think maybe you get used to it there's no way you can get used to people telling you that there's something wrong with you just because of a particular hand but it is what it is it never goes away till tomorrow yeah that's crazy that's really crazy um you you see when you've been talking or when you were answering previous questions you kept talking about your mom to the extent yeah. that i began to wonder what your relationship is with number one your parents are you close to your parents growing up and then what kind of parents were your parents were they people that allow you to figure things out or were they more strict and then the next question or as an addition to that question would be like do you have a different relationship with your mom than you have with your dad if you know what i mean <laughs> i get what you mean this question it's it's not going to have a straightforward answer in fact i'm planning when i when i resume like my podcast episodes it's going to be like a, an episode on its own trying to figure out my relationship with both parents you know <laughs> You beat me to it. that. This is a nice question. I mean, I was already planning to put it there. It's one of the things I've not talked about in my podcast, but I mean, you might as well talk about it now. Now, during child, I mean, like you said, you hear me talk about my mom a lot. And when we were growing up, it was as if it was only my mom that was there. You know, I would say my dad was pretty absent not absent physically he's always he's always around you know he has he would go to work come back at night whatever but that was just that about that i if i remember my dad vividly as like how he was when we were growing up he we also wake up in the morning he would take just coffee after taking his coffee he would and he doesn't speak much at least as at then then take his coffee and go to work and that's it he leaves early then comes back at night around 10 8, 10 p.m 11 p.m self so Sometimes we may have slept. If we're still awake, it's just to greet him and that's it. And he would eat his dinner and go back, go to sleep. Nothing. There was no, maybe have conversations with him and all that. He doesn't talk much, greet him in the morning, greet him at night. And that's that about that, you know. So when it comes to everything about growing up, I would say my mom literally raised us, you know. So if any anyhow we turned out, you know, it's whatever whatever we we're molded into as adults. It was my mom that did the whole molding, <laughs> you know. So when I say where well, the whole thing with being left and yes, it was my mom that fought. She was the one that wrote um wrote the letters. But but the thing now is that even as my mom was the present one and my dad was the absent one, I preferred my dad. <laughs> Because the present one was troublesome one. Like she was present in your life to give you trouble. And I'm like, yo, I prefer this quiet one. I don't know. Maybe I do not know him that much, but because he doesn't trouble my life, you know, that kind of thing. So my mom, I, I used to say that I feared my mom more than I feared God. You know, if you say, oh, God is this fear. Well, what is there to fear about God? I don't know. 
He's just there in heaven, minding his business. But this one that is called my mother that is here with me on earth, I don't know if she does not kill me, not to kill me again in this life. Like I told you, she was one that sent us off to command. She was strict. Like she wanted us like, to have this strict um, discipline um, upbringing, you know, and everything is strict. But as I was saying, thinking about it, it's also funny right now because you know, she, was, she was a strict one. I, I, so even as she was there, but I did not like her too much because I mean, like she was probably my life, always making me scared and all that. My dad was not there, but I would rather he's not there instead of like to be present and be the like the bad cop at home so i think that was the relationship but growing up it has changed a little bit you know now that we're adults my mom is no longer like um always shouting and like trying to put us in place and all that my dad is now like trying to be more open and having conversations and it's still very confusing <laughs> because like you didn't know him as that growing up so now that he now wants to be like maybe part of so when my dad sends me on an errand it's strange because i'm like you what you never sent us on errands when we're growing up so what's this whole thing so it's i'm still trying to adjust you know but it is what it is really yeah Right. So, but um, when you talk about mom probably giving you hard time, I was thinking in my head, but you weren't always around. So I figured out how I'm thinking you were you were in a boarding school. So the only time you would be at home would be on holidays. And you gained admission almost, you gained admission immediately because I already know that about you. And so you were yeah. already in, in the university. So you probably did not really spend much time at home at least in your teenage age adolescence and adult adulthood so the question yeah. that now comes to my mind is that or is it that toby herself is some sort of a rebel kind of kind of i don't used to agree <laughs> i don't know I, I will i will never agree that um maybe some sort of a rebel maybe when when people people i tell my story or maybe they even encounter me and hear me talk they're like ah maybe you're some sort of a rebel but i don't still agree really maybe at best i would agree that i'm opinionated you know um but but the thing is whatever i would come to that but whatever um approach to upbringing my mom had had nothing to do with um, me being a rebel or anything like i said i was a good child if I if there was anything I was good at, like I knew how to be good. And I think that's what also helped me in school. I knew I had mastered the art of being good. I knew how to be a good child. I knew how to be a good student to make good grades. I knew how to be good. Like it's even now that I'm now like even maybe bringing other rebel that people are thinking I am and being like, oh, I don't want to be this anymore. Maybe I want to like be this um person that doesn't care. But if it was then I knew how to be good maybe it was some pretense maybe that was it but i i had mastered it to my i was not a bad child i was not a rebellious child you know so it was just who my mom is it was just her way of bringing us up you know, and that was basically what it was so maybe now that coming into the real world and people are really not used to um, somebody like being opinionated and saying, I know what I want and I'm going for what I want. And they're like, oh, you're such a rebel. Like, why don't you just accept what people want for you? Why don't you just accept what is acceptable? But I'm like, well, I don't want it. And there's nothing that can be done about it. Yeah, I think like what I would just say is that I, for me, I use that the word rebel kind of loosely 
um to meet yeah. someone who is more opinionated and would want to push for for his way but let's yeah. talk about boarding school which is very interesting to me because boarding school is different into different people number one people have their fears sometimes parents mm -hmm. that sending my child to boarding school will the child turn well and sometimes mm -hmm. it's not the school it's just the the environment it's just the individual it's just the person so talk to me how was boarding school for you did you click um easily did you have issues did was there things you need you had to overcome uh, would you send your kids to boarding school let me know uh, boarding school boarding school was that thing i like i said it i had I, I didn't have control over that one. I mean, I could have control over how much food I wanted to eat and maybe bargaining with my parents who have, have eaten, I'm not full, I don't want to eat again. But like going to boarding school or something like you don't have choice, that kind of thing. So, and like how I treat every other thing that I don't, I don't have control over. I, I, don't, I just stay there and live, allow life to happen. You know, boarding school was nice. I made friends, you know, um, some of them I still talk to till now. And I mean, you know what they say that secondary school friends are the realest. They're the ones that saw you when you were like <laughs> maybe hungry and like I had nothing and all that. And you guys like really hustled together, you know, to go through life in that teenage years. So it was good. I made friends. I was still a good student. Like I said, I knew how to be good. So I still made my grades. I still aced my um i still i still aced my um exams and all that like i said i knew how to be good when i was graduating from the school i i was given the award of best behaved student <laughs> so it's surprising that like i i kept up i don't know if to call it an act but it was just what it was so i know in my mind that I'm not, I'm not the best, maybe I'm not the best behavior. I know that there are other, there are better people than me there, you know. Um, even me, I did not expect they were going to give it to me. I knew better people. There was one girl on the there were quiet people, Valerie, um, there were other more brilliant people, Chidera, Stephanie, and all that. But I mean, maybe the authorities would see me and observe. Maybe when I, when I'm like misbehaving, I knew how to like, do it in a place where they won't see and when it's time to behave good i'll like put it all in their faces look at me i'm a good person <laughs> you know like i said i went to a military school um and it can be tough staying with the soldiers and i don't really want to go into details because it's too much even like trying to remember everything maybe some nights there's something called blanket punishment that even if you don't you've not you, you are so good that you didn't serve an individual punishment. There's no way you would escape blanket punishment. Blanket punishment is like general punishment. So one person does something, everybody goes in for it. Or maybe a whole hostel is being punished, a whole class. So there's nothing you can do, even though individually you are innocent. I mean, you would always go in for it. In the middle of the night, a soldier can just come to your hostel, order everybody to um, come outside in the cold and start pouring you guys water and telling you to roll on the floor. <laughs> you know, experiences like that. Um, you could punishment were plenty. The food when I was in junior secondary, food used to be terrible. But as they changed management and commandant and all that, um, the new the newer ones came with better food. So we started eating good. 
I towards the end of my stay in school, I became dining prefect, <laughs> which meant I had food at my disposal. I mean, food wasn't my problem. I was the I was the food prefect there. Um, so secondary school was good. It was everything it could be. I I I still boast with the fact that you know how among soldiers, <clears throat> the most common punishment is frog jump. Like you, even if they see you anywhere, barracks at all. It, the frog jump and all that but me that stayed with soldiers for six years i'd never i did not do frog jump for one day in fact the day i would have frog jumped was a senior student that wanted to um, punish me to frog jump but i refused to do it anyway and um shy cost while it cost a little bit of while but i still ended up not frog jumping so i've never done frog jump in my life or when i stayed with soldiers for six years so secondary school was it was it was everything it could be. It was good. It was I went to a military school. I survived and yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But before I let you off the hook on that question, um, um sometimes when a child is being sent to um a boarding school, there are kind of two things, or probably many things, but two things that come to my mind right now is that number one, what you mentioned at the end of, of your answer bullying so seniors yeah. try to bully you as a younger student and then the second thing is negative influence so because mm. you guys do not you are not with your parents so probably um you know this kind of issue where they say uh, pornography and the rest of that just influence that mm. are bad in the um amidst teenagers and young people so the question to to you now would be that did you experience any of this thing in terms of seniors bullying you or you were so good at evading this sort of things because obviously you were you know how to be a good student or were there issues yeah. where really shook you during your secondary school and um um how were you able to navigate it if they were bullying yes i mean i knew how to be a good student being a good student is just for maybe the authorities your students your seniors do not send you <laughs> seniors do not send you so it's just maybe to your teachers and all that the authorities the seniors no no there's no way you would keep bullying so bullying yes i was bullied a lot but um what can i say it was like the one i mentioned i this senior insisted that i was going to frog and i did nothing what was even the story it was after night prep so after night prep we do night devotion we gather in front of the hostel and pray after praying then we go to sleep so um i don't nobody used to send them it is just seniors trying to do senior things so they would not count for you that um they would count one to ten for you to run from your class to the fellowship ground if you don't get there before the count of ten you would start frog jumping and i i, I did not have strength to i did even run but i could not make it till the count of ten whatever happened i did not make it so at that point after she counted ten she's like all of you there frog jump and i'm like <laughs> you know this for but so the thing with frog jump is that like i cannot frog jump it is not it is not a thing of um maybe refusing to frog jump because i do not want to so even if i wanted to i cannot do it i don't know why i my leg does not know how to do that frog jumping I've, my body has not figured it out i cannot do it really so i can't do any other punishment they give in that school but the whole frog jumping i don't know how to like squat and then move while squatting 
So when she's like, if I say I adults to fuck job, she said, what is it? So maybe maybe those that say, oh, they cannot do a certain punishment, maybe they, they are sick, they have chest pain or something like that, or, or medical records. She said, are you sick? I say, no. Chest pain, no. Anything, no. So what is it? I say, I cannot fuck jump. So me saying I cannot fuck jump, it's coming from this place of you're stubborn. You just don't want to do it. But they are not understanding that even if I say you, I love to do this, I cannot, my body cannot do it. So um, to them, it was like, this person is proving stubborn. This girl, I'm going to show her, she's like, she doesn't know. So like the, the whole SS3 gathered, they're like, this girl, I said, I cannot do it. So I just refused. So refusing meant, oh, you don't want to do it, but I literally could not do it. I remember one time I almost frog jumped from, it was a soldier. I was supposed to be in class, but I was not in class. So they're like, oh, what are you doing outside? Frog jump to your class. And I go, oh, sir, can I crawl? That I don't want to can I crawl? So it's like, okay, you want to crawl, I crawl. So now the soldiers, in their mind, they think crawling is a more difficult punishment than frog jumping because your knees, you're going to like scrape your knees against like stones and rocks and all that. And, you, and they're going to, you're going to injure. So like, oh, you're even choosing something more difficult for yourself. So, I mean, why not go do it, whatever. So anytime a soldier tells me to frog jump and I say, oh, I want to crawl, they, they don't hesitate to tell me, okay, fine, enjoy yourself, whatever. So now these seniors just insist, oh, I should do the frog jump thing, and I refused. They punished me more. I think they beat me that night, then the morning they said I should do some sort of, I should sweep somewhere, like the whole school compound, I should sweep. It was not possible, so I did not even bother trying at all. So, but I think later the hostel mistress came to save me, like, so begged on my behalf and they left me. So that's like just one out of the many bullies, you know, when they will tell you to fetch their water and do things that whatever, just not because like they're in a higher class, they just want you to do things for them. That happened. And I mean, that was part of the life. So I think I survived through that. Um, but then the second one, you talked about bad influence. I did not have any bad influence in school. And, and I can beat my chest to say that. Maybe because my school was a relatively new school. When I entered, I was a fourth set. So we're, we're all new and nothing bad has really started happening in the school. Even if it has started, I, I was always like on a league of my own. My friends were like people like me. So we sure did not send what, what we, Maybe things that would, all those bad things, like you said, pornography that would interest people, it did not interest us. So that those that it was influencing that knew where to go, that it influenced them. Like I had no idea. Me and my friends, we had no idea. Like our own was just to read books and maybe just another. Saturdays and Sundays, like we were always in hostels, you know, apart from going to church on Sundays and maybe Saturdays going for going to the dining to eat we're in hostel most of the time so most people stay in hostel playing and distant and doing things so yeah i did not have any bad influence but bullying i had my own fair share of bullying and that's that now sincerely i don't know what i was thinking how did i think i could speak with toby or someone as interesting as toby in 30 minutes it just did not work out so i have a part two of this podcast episode now you don't want to miss it. Let me give you a tip of the iceberg. Yeah, so you mentioned something that sometimes you would always tell the truth on the podcast and um, maybe you wouldn't say everything at a particular point in time. 
but you will always tell the truth. And um, I feel like that second yeah. part of Combat that defense. podcast episode, you did not complete the story. Or I, it kind of felt like that to me. Because after we got to the yeah, end yeah. of that episode, I'm like, okay, so what happened to what happened to the relationship between you and the guy? Did yeah, it end? Yes, Was yes. it abrupt? Um, yeah. Have you gotten to a place where you want to talk about it right now on this podcast episode? <laughs> Daya, what is it? <laughs> yes. Until I come with another beautiful episode from the Leicester Africa series on Sunday. My name is Dayo Moyo. Be productive.